I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm gonna give you a quick uh, insight into how my uh, my home life is from um, Saturday night to Sunday. I sit and I say, literally, God, what do you want your people to know? Sometimes so we speak right away and, and, and preach. I know you can understand this. Sometimes he don't speak until you got keys in your hand about to walk out the door. Then you be like, ow! Then you got to go write it down because you don't trust your own memory. So I was in the midst of getting prepared to come and the Lord spoke and I wrote it down as he was speaking and I put it on the screen. But I got to be honest with you, I don't remember what I put. I just remember what God said that I wrote it down and then when I walked away, I'm going to say this, and it's probably not exactly the way I wrote it, but I know God gave it to me when I wrote it. Amen? So I'm going to just say that. So I don't want y'all to think I'm crazy. Okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy, but that's the happening one. Oh, I, listen. I am Holy Ghost certified. Somebody can turn down my mic. I'm on two. Yeah, I'm on channel two. Bring it down a little bit. I don't know why you just don't sit like in the central area. You get up and run everywhere. So that's what I do. All right. Um, thank you. Um, I'm Holy Ghost certified. So if I'm crazy, I'm not crazy like the world called crazy. There was a time I was. Y'all gonna be quiet because now y'all scared. <laughs> what that mean? See, the people that know me, I need y'all to quit talking to each other. No, that, no there's been, ooh, when I tell you God has done some deliverance, Torrance, I know you're not talking. I know you're not talking. God has done some deliverance here, for sure. But can I just say this? I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to talk today. I am just going to talk. And, and I don't even, okay, okay, God, I see you. Before I even put my time for God said, it's tying into what I want you to tell him today. So, okay, I'm going to tell him. There were numerous times in my ministry. This year, we'll, um, we're going into 20 years. In October, I will have been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for 20 years. Officially. Officially. 20 years. Now, many would say I was jack-legged before that. Because I was preaching without a license. It was still the word. It's a jack leg, not a boot leg. I ain't know. Oh, jack leg preacher. You ain't never heard of jack leg preacher? Jack. Jack. Because if you ever hear somebody talk about, oh, he just a jack, they talk about preacher. Yeah, see? Yeah. Jack leg preacher. Because boot leg is illegal. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've never been illegal, at least not in preaching. Okay, we'll go to something else. I was a jack leg preacher for a while. Not because that's what I wanted to do. Because I never wanted to preach. But I never felt like I was worthy to preach. And truth be told, if God really calls you, you'll never feel like you are qualified to preach. You'll never feel as though you are eligible to preach. If you're really honest about your life, Anything that God, whether it be preaching, teaching, whether it be carrying the baskets, whether it be cleaning the toilets in the house of the Lord, you should never feel as though you are eligible or qualified to do anything for God if you really look at you. So I was like, okay, now, I'll direct the choir because I don't see some real unsafe folks. Okay, anyway, I do that. That's safe. That's safe. I do that. But preach? No, I ain't trying to. But here it is, I stand almost 20 years preaching the gospel. I said that to say this. There were times when I was preaching that God was doing some purging. There were times that I was preaching that I wanted to just, just lay it all down. I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to do this. Um, there were times I was preaching and I was dealing with some severe anger management issues. There were times that I was preaching where I was diagnosed with clinical depression. There were times that I was preaching, but 
the gospel and counseling other folks when I could not hear counsel for my own life. I'm saying that to say this. Oftentimes we disqualify ourselves because we can't see us doing it. But God qualified you before you even got here. Amen. I ain't gonna get a whole lot of amens here because, and for those, especially for those of y'all in Terrell, I just thought about no, baby, I didn't get to that spiritual gift thing, but I promise you, I am this week. I, no, because I don't want you. You like that's okay because as long as I don't see it, as long as I ain't gotta be held accountable to it. Jackie, tell us she gotta get it. Jackie said that down saying, I so wish I had seen that. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's why, here go. Truth be told, even though Sharon sit back there quiet in the corner, if y'all saw hers too, y'all sit there and say, for real. <laughs> Not because it's far fetched, but because if you really sat and you paid attention to Sharon, you can sit there and say, Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You got to look beyond the looks she give you, though. Because those looks don't always look Holy Ghost feel. Just like that smirk she give me right now, like, get off me. <laughs> but we oftentimes look at ourselves and we disqualify ourselves from what God has called us to. We disqualify ourselves because of bad decisions that we made. We disqualify ourselves because of lifestyles we live in right now. We disqualify ourselves because we don't feel like we can ever measure up to somebody who we admire that's already doing it. And so we sit and we don't believe what it is that we hear folks say that God has put on us. And we may have even heard God, you know, hear God's voice saying, this is what you, you're going to do, this is what you need to do. But we allow our sight to get in the way of the vision. Amen. We allow what we see to get in the way of our vision. T, put up that uh, that sermon title because I don't know. I remember, but I don't remember. Yeah. What is affecting your sight? I know it was something like that. I was about to say, you know, what's causing you not to be able to see it? Something like that. But it's close. It's close. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's lifted. I couldn't fit all that up there, so you know. <laughs> and that's why you don't preach that no, I just said. <laughs> and then after she said, "Why you can't see?" Not rude, just like you know, we know how to work it. But what what causes you not to be able to see you the way God sees you? What's stopping you? What what? <clears throat> I, I was reading something because you know I. This year, all the preachers, well, I don't say all the preachers. I've seen some of Sunday school. Y'all will holler Sunday school at me. But that just means God's in the house. Amen? Amen. That means if you talk about it, that's confirmation. So here's the deal. I won't say preachers. I'll just say in general. When you hear 2020, what do you think about? Perfect vision. Perfect vision, right? This is what I learned about 2020 vision. Hmm? Who said 2010? 2010. That's what you got, 2010? I was like, 2010? That ain't perfect. <laughs> last line on the list. You got the last line on the list? Last. You was a good cheater when you was in grammar school. When you could write that itty-bitty right on that arm and be able to see that. You was one of them. We're going to be over. <laughs> No Facebook, I didn't call him a cheat. <laughs> Pass over there, call him a member of cheat. So, wonder she got anybody over there. 727-641-3851. Holla. And as somebody else added, our operators are waiting for you. <laughs> but listen, this, this is what I, I, I read about 2020 vision. Because we get confused and we think 2020 vision is perfect vision. What 2020 means is that 
you can see a certain um, aspect, you know, details and all of that at somebody or something at 20 feet away. But you can see something perfect 20 feet away. You can't see something five feet in front of you. So you have to understand that 2020 doesn't always mean perfect vision. So here's the deal. So if it's reversed and you can see stuff in front of you, but you can't see stuff far away, which is me. And if anybody who knows me know I can't see squat. Unless it's like right here. I have really bad vision. Hmm? Say what now? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm inside. But baby, no, I'm uber nearsighted. Uber. But here's the point I'm trying to get at. If I can only trust the stuff that's right here in front of me, and I can't trust what I'm seeing back far away from me, unless I've got some help. And if anybody knows me, again, if you've ever been around me, anybody will tell you, if I don't have contacts in, what's the first, folks in my house, what's the first thing I reach for when I wake up? Sleep in the bed next to me, closer than my husband, watch, watch what I'm saying. Because they have been with me all my life. I have been wearing glasses since I was eight years old. And when I went to get my vision checked, before I had glasses, the doctor told my mother, it is a wonder she has not been run over crossing streets going to school. It hurt my mother's heart because she realized that all the time that I was saying that this is no indictment against my mom. Because I was one of them kids. I saw somebody else with something I wanted. It. I saw a kid on crutches. I want somebody else. <laughs> I was one of those kids. It, parents, you ever got one of them kids? You, they see something. I want one. I want, I want one. Didn't want anything. You hungry? I'm not hungry. Then they see somebody with a hamburger. I want one. You said you weren't hungry. Well, I, that was that was half 30 seconds ago. They don't want it until they see somebody else with it. I was that kid. I saw somebody else with something. I wanted it. And so my mother thought I saw kids in school with glasses, and I kept saying I wanted glasses. But that wasn't the case. I was the kid. She was never in my classroom, but I was the kid. You know how they have kids sitting um, alphabetically. What My last name at the time was ended in an A. So I sat in the front anyway, but I couldn't even sit in the row with my, my, my classmates. I had to sit like they would move my seat like, Right, right in front of the chalkboard so I could see. And she didn't understand. Even though the teachers were telling her, oh, she just saying something. Again, no indictment against my mother. My mother loves me more than anything. If you met my mama today, she would tell you ain't nothing better than her Tisha. Tisha broke her heart when she did them things that she knew she wasn't supposed to. Oh, but I love my Tisha. Y'all call me Tisha, y'all gonna get put out. God bless you. Amen. But when we went to the eye doctor, the eye doctor checked my eyes, and literally she, he said, if a Mack truck came down the street towards her, she would not have been able to see it. That's how bad my eyesight is. And I don't, I don't speak that as though I'm speaking death against myself. That's just reality. The Bible says worship in the spirit and the truth. The truth of the matter is without any sort of, of help, I can't really see that well. The point I'm trying to get at is this. Without my glasses, I can see stuff right here. If I had to read something, I can see something right here. And if, if my husband was sitting there, I could see the color of his clothes, but I wouldn't be able to see the details. And once we got past when we got, once we got past the baby, Ava would look like a pillow or something on your lap. She wouldn't even look like a baby. And I'd be like, why is that blanket moving? Because I wouldn't be able to see a baby. That's how bad my eyesight is. So that means that, and many of us are the same way. We can trust what we can see to the point we can see it. Y'all going to catch where I'm going in a minute. You can trust what you see to the point that you can see it. But when it gets beyond your sight, you don't trust it. No matter who's been there to see it for you, you don't trust it for yourself until you can put your hand on it. Come on, somebody. So look here, look here. This is what happened. Uh, 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 Thomas uh, was not with the disciples. The Bible doesn't say why he wasn't with the disciples at the time he was, he was gone. But the disciples were there, and they had an opportunity to see Jesus. And I can only imagine this was after Jesus had been resurrected. The disciples come in and say, listen, we just saw the Savior. 
He, no, 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 he's a lot. No, we didn't go to we didn't go to the flowers on the casket. No, he's alive. He's alive. And I look, and some of y'all would have been just like this. I don't know what you've been drinking. But we stood there and we watched him hang from the sixth to the ninth hour, crying out for his father, watching him drip blood. They gave him vinegar to drink. We watched him die. We watched them take a spear and pierce his side. How are you going to tell me you saw him until I can put my hands, my finger in the, the holes in his hands, in his feet, until I can take my whole hand and thrust it in his side? I will not believe. Isn't that what that word says? That's what it says. I will not believe. Can I just be honest with you? Some of y'all can't get past where you are right now to believe that God gonna take you somewhere. No, God, God no. Not, not based on where I am right now. Apostle, I appreciate you. I love you. And I know you had to give that sermon to everybody in here. But if you were talking to me one-on-one, -on -one, you would have said, that ain't my life. You're not talking to me. You have no idea. The best of you have no idea even what I just am waking up from what I did last night. I ain't looking at nobody. I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody. You have no idea what I dealt with last week. You have no idea how many people I cussed out. You have no idea how many people I, I etched out of my life. You have no idea how many people said that they would have my back no matter what if I turn around right now. And if I fell back, nobody would be there to catch me. You have no idea how I've disqualified myself out of what you keep saying God has for me. That's because you can only see and trust what you see right in front of you. And you don't trust was off in the distance. Let me ask you this. Anybody live within 20 feet of this, this, this sanctuary? Your house, your apartment, where you live, is it within 20 feet of this place? How many of y'all trust is going to be there when you get home? How many? Raise your hand. How many trust you? Your house going to be there. Your clothes going to be in your house. That your food that you left in the refrigerator, that 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 meal that you had some leftover that you let that sit and marinating in those those juices is going to be real good. You're going to curl your toes in the carpet when you eat it with a nice cold soda with some ice chips in it. They two leftovers. Something good about them, they two leftovers. Look, she done, look, you should have seen the way her lip turned up. They taste bad. But y'all trust that it's going to be there. And you can't see it. You can't trust, you can't, you can't put your eye on it. You can't go in, I know it's there, see? You can't do that. But you trust that it's there. Well, what's causing you to trust that and not trust God? You can't see him, you can't see it. The reason why many of us can't trust God is because he didn't come through for you the way you wanted him to. Well, who's to say your will was lining up to his will? What you wanted him to do, if that ain't Jesus, <laughs> who's to say what you wanted is what God wanted for you let me even rephrase it like this who's to say that what you wanted was God's best for you because so many times we sell ourselves short and we only ask God for what we think we deserve when God's got so much more for you why because you can only see God I hear you you can only see yourself from right here but God can see past the 20 feet away in your life. God sees you and who you are to become. But you don't already disqualified yourself because of how you see yourself right now. What is affecting your sight? Here it is. Many people would say there was something wrong with Thomas. 
They would say it was something wrong with Thomas because uh, Thomas walked with Jesus but still didn't have faith. And that's why he got the name Doubting Thomas. If y'all never knew where Doubting Thomas came from, that's where it came from. Because he doubted Thomas. Thomas doubted. So they doubted Thomas. So many people would say he walked with Jesus and he still didn't have faith that God could do whatever it is that he wanted to do. But he sat and watched evidence that fueled his doubt. Same thing that happens to y'all. You know what God said he's going to do, but then you got evidences that fuel your doubt. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in here. I hear God up in here. You ask God for a new place for you and your kids, but then the place you apply for disqualify you because of one mark on your credit. Evidence for your doubt. You uh, uh, go for a new job that people tell you that you're perfect for. But then you get that email or that, that, that letter that says, thank you for your application. However, your background check or your qualifications or you're overqualified. And we decided to go with another candidate. Fuels your doubt. And so then we sit there and say, well, then God's not going to come through. But here's the, ooh, God, I hear you. But here's the deal. For some of us, God came through when he told you no. God came through when he told you no. Because him telling you no set you up for a greater blessing. When if he told you yes, you could have stopped right there. God, help me in here. But some of us want the yes because we don't trust the yes that's coming down the road. For some of us, the come through was the no. I said this before and I'll say it again because I know I got some witnesses in here. Anybody had an ex boo that you glad God said no about? I knew y'all talked in. Can't get y'all to be quiet now. Before you say hallelujah, y'all through. Say something about your ex. But yes, God, thank you. Oh, God, you're wonderful. Oh, God, I honor you. Oh, God. Couldn't get you to say Jack before. Now y'all just like, y'all just. So here's the deal. And truth be told, some of us glad, even before God said no, that he said no. Because it was, you didn't want to be the one, but you know you were praying, God, if you get me out of this. God, I promise you, if you walk away, I am not going after him. God on the real, if she don't want to do this no more, I'm good. Because I told you, it's not always the dudes. Some of us can be. Some of us can be just slap crazy. And, we, and, and, and again, there was a, a Bible study series that we did. And we learned about prayer. We heard, learned that every no is a prelude to a greater yes. So you need to start thanking God for the no's in your life. Amen. Because every no means that there's another yes around the corner. Hallelujah. And if the Bible says no good and perfect gift will he withhold from those who walk upright. If he tells me no, that gets me excited. No? I can't, I can't have that? And that was pretty good. That means I... Every no doesn't mean you did something wrong and so God is punishing you. Will you please get out of that mindset? Please understand this. God ain't just going to let you just get away with stuff just because you want to do stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. Quit looking at every no being a punishment and you can't have it because of whatever. Oftentimes God will say no because that is not his chosen best for you. 
You do know that God has a best for you. Amen. And oftentimes, his best is better than what you think your best should be. But that only comes out of believing the evidence. Let me keep going, um, unless I keep it too long. Look, the Bible says <laughs> that eight days later, this is what I love. Now, you know Jesus already knew that Thomas wasn't going to believe. But Jesus wasn't worried about showing up right there on the money when he said, unless I can do it for myself, I won't believe. Jesus didn't walk in going, what? You know, he didn't come in like that. He didn't do that. All Jesus did was he came when he was going to come. He came eight days later, is what the Bible says. And it says that eight days later, the disciples were again inside and said, Thomas was with them at that time. It says, Jesus, I look, did y'all read this? Jesus came, the doors having been shut. That in and of itself would cause me to believe. We in the room, we look up, Jesus in the room, he ain't open no door, not, okay. <laughs> I, that's it, I, I'm good. And notice, y'all, oh God, hear what the word is saying. Ava! Wait, she got quiet. What? <laughs> well, I'm quiet. Talk to me. <laughs> no, I got blown away. I walked in. I said, well, who's this other baby sitting up? Ava? <laughs> I tell you, you blink these kids. Yeah. Blink again, she's gonna have a job next week. Well, um, yes, but look at <laughs> And the grandmama speaks. Alright. But look at what the scripture says. It says eight days the disciples were in again, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors haven't been shut, stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, look. The disciples haven't seen Jesus since the last time they were together. Eight days later, not only does Jesus come through and the door is shut, he goes directly to Thomas and says to Thomas everything that he just said eight week, uh, eight uh, days before. Unless I can put my finger in the nail holes, unless I can put my hand in his side. Not only does he come through the door, y'all hear what I'm saying. Not only does he come through the door without opening the door, then he goes directly to the one that was having a problem believing. Wow. Without anybody telling him that he had a problem believing. Do y'all realize that God knows your trepidation in trying to believe what it is that he's trying to do for you? Without anybody having to tell you, oh God. That's the reason why you have problems believing something, have problems you're struggling with something, and God can use somebody to come to you and say, I know you got problems with such and such. And, well, what do we do? Who you been talking to? <laughs> then you run into your mind trying to figure out who you told. Because okay. you know you had to tell somebody that got some loose lips that told them that they friends, cousins, some live on the same street, went to the school together, they just happen to bring up your name. Oh, by the way, girl, I know because such and such and such. Why are they talking about me? Do we go through all of that? As opposed to God speaking to somebody to help your unbelief. God desires to help our unbelief. And he'll use things, folks, people, places, and things to help us. But the Bible doesn't even say <laughs> that Thomas put his finger in his hand. Do you see that in there? You don't see that? The Bible doesn't say that Thomas put his finger in his hand and put his hand in the side. The Bible doesn't say that, does it? What the Bible says is he told Thomas, here, do that with your finger. Here, take your hand and put it in my side. And says, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. So the stuff he said he needed as evidence, he didn't need it no more. But isn't that exactly what we do? 
God, if you have three people call me by three o'clock, I know you want me to go to church tomorrow morning. We will throw a fleece out before God saying if this happened in this order with this person at this time wearing a purple jumpsuit with a gold belt around their waist and a matching gold headband, I know it's you. Could it just simply be the fact that we just believe not because we can see it but because we have evidence. Why am I saying this? Because I'm sure you're like, what evidence can I have? I don't know if I put this in um, the um, description to you. You might have been at the last verse when I read through. But these two verses come after the uh, words of Jesus that said, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see but yet believe. This says verse 30. As a matter of fact, I'm going to actually read this. I'm going to read these two verses from the message. Listen to what the, uh, the end of John 20 says. Starting at verse 30. Jesus provided far more God-revealing signs that are written down in this book. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. You all, we have evidence. Our evidence doesn't have to be the fact that we're actually in front of Jesus and we can touch Jesus. Don't get me wrong. It, there are times in the spirit and in the worship experience that you, and even in your own home, when you're talking to the Lord, that you can tangibly feel the presence of God in your life. Anybody ever had that? When you can tangibly feel God touch you, embrace you, you feel him. But can I just be honest with you? I don't always feel God. You don't always feel it? No, I don't. I can't always go on feelings. God help me. Because if I always went on my feelings, I probably wouldn't be standing here in front of you today. You can't always go on feelings. You go on faith that's been propped up by evidence. What's the evidence? The word of God. The law is written down. It's written down. It's recorded. When I say the law, whether it be the state, whether it be the city, whether it be Pinellas County, whether it be uh, uh, federal law, the law is written down. Yes? Does anybody know how many, how many, how, how what is the number of laws in totality in just the state of Florida? Too many. And you work for the county. How many laws in the county total? Okay. You work for the county. You don't know how many laws there are. How many statutes are there? So you go by the statutes, but you don't even know the number of statutes. So if somebody said, if you can't tell me the exact number of where I can find this exact statute, then I don't believe it's a statute. But you don't know what number it is in the list of statutes of where they're listed. Same for you. And you work for the sheriff. Y'all better not mess up in here, y'all. We got folks that'll post you. Uh. <laughs> Here's the point I'm trying to get at. Just because you don't know exactly where it is doesn't mean it's not a law. Right? So, folks who feel like, who don't realize, and well, folks who know that driving uh, faster than the speed limit is breaking the law may not know that driving below the speed limit right. is also breaking the law. So they may feel like they're doing the right, y'all catch where I'm going. They may feel like they're doing the right thing by being safe and still breaking the law. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not a law. Just because you can't see God right now doesn't mean he's not God. Just because you can't see miracles being done right in front of your face by Jesus doesn't mean it's not a law. 
So how is it that we can sit and not believe that God can do in our lives what we know he can do in other folks' lives and sit there and think that our sins, our missteps, our feelings about ourselves are going to disqualify us when it ain't got nothing to do with us in the first place. What is affecting your sight? It's because you haven't seen it in your own life. In the grand scheme of things, you're important to God, but you don't stop his, his agenda. In the grand scheme of things, what we do in this moment, this moment is not even a nanosecond in the midst of God. The Bible says that a thousand years is but a day to God. A thousand years. The normal lifespan of a person these days is about 70, 75. And quite frankly, that's going down every day. It's going down every day. So if that's the average lifespan, then that means that that, that 70, 75 in somebody's life in that thousand years is a day to the Lord is a on his kingdom agenda. But it doesn't make you any less significant. Why do you think God fights so much on your behalf? God doesn't want you to just feel good about you for his sake. He wants you to trust that he feels good about you, not you feeling good about you. He wants you to trust that he feels good about you for your sake. Did you just get what I'm saying? All the times we think God just wants to, yeah, you go ahead, I'm right there. Go ahead and play. Oftentimes we think that God wants to just get us to a certain place so he can just use us and we get no benefit in the process. And all the blood, sweat, and tears, when I finally said it for real, showed enough, no doubt about it, yes to God. I have seen more blessings, not because I've done everything perfect, because I can tell you how many times if my son really wanted to be ugly, he can tell you how many times I've messed up over and over and over again. But because it's not about me and it's all about him, God still uses me anyway. And sometimes he uses me in spite of me wanting to mess up so he wouldn't use me. Can I be honest? Because then sometimes, tell the truth in here, sometimes you want to just disqualify yourself. So he ain't got to use us no more. It's not going to happen. Keisha, I don't care what you do. You can't disqualify you from what God put in you. Sorry. It was put in you before you were even born. Before the foundation of the world, he knew you would be here. And there's not anything or anybody that can disqualify you. There's nothing that nobody can say about you. There's nothing that you can say about yourself that can just disqualify you. Now, it might take you a little longer to get there. Anybody ever take a wrong turn when you had your GPS on? But here's the thing. I don't care how many wrong turns you purposely make, unless you turn that GPS off, it will keep rerouting you to that final destination. The beautiful thing about God's positioning system is that the battery never runs out. Thank you, Lord. And as much as you want to shut it off, you can't shut it off. Life will bring you reasons for why it's evidence of your downfall. But this entire word of God, and not just them, but God has placed certain individuals in your lives at certain pivotal points in your life to be additional evidence that he's real. 
that he's real, he's still saving, he's still blessing, he's still delivering. He's giving us evidences. All you've got to do is trust what you see. Because once you see it, it's just like that ticket that you would get for driving too slow. Because you figure the police officer must know it's a law because they wrote you a ticket. Do you go home and try and Google the law that they just got you on? Some people do because they got to see it because they figure they're going to go and try and challenge it so they got to try and find a loophole. Some of us figure it's got to be a law because they don't wrote us a ticket. Especially if they're nice about it. Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. You could be nicer and not give me one. I'll take a warning, please. But if they catch us clocking, breaking the law, going too fast, you have never asked somebody, show me that law. Let's say if I go too fast, you got to give me a ticket. You just take it. You just mad you got caught. But you never ask when it's written. Because you got evidence in knowing. Because the evidence could be that you already got a ticket for both speed. Or somebody around you got a ticket for speed. But you know it's a law. You all, God shouldn't have to keep proving himself with something that's already been proven. Let me say that again. God shouldn't have to keep proving himself over something that's already proven. He shouldn't have to keep proving himself in your life over something he's already brought you through. He already brought you through this. Why did you not think he won't bring you through that? He's already proven himself. What is affecting this side? Everybody on this side. Because you all, I believe this year, I'm not, we're not doing the, we're not doing the, 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 you know, 2020 is our year of perfect vision, the year of extended sight, the year of corrective lenses, we're not doing it. But 2020, talking to the Lord because I mean we don't ever like put it up on banners and everything we do is is up under it because uh, last year was anybody remember what our word last year was elevate elevate our worship elevate our wisdom elevate our word I believe this year that this year is our year of walking by faith and not by sight it's walking by faith and not by sight because we're not always going to be able to see but God should have proven himself enough that you believe. And if he didn't prove it in your life, I bet it's somebody in here that if you talk to him, he's done it in their life, and you ought to be able to take it and encourage him. But let me say this to you. Don't allow what has happened in your life to let you disqualify you from the blessings of God. Did y'all just hear what I said? Quit disqualifying yourself. You wouldn't have the, you wouldn't have the job you got right now if you disqualified yourself and didn't even apply. Right? Some of us look at the dollar on the job and say, I ain't qualified for this and I'm gonna apply. Tell the truth, somebody done did that. What? They paying $20 an hour? Click. They say you gotta have a master's degree. I don't care, click. They need somebody to work, I'ma try. And then we look and we get there and we actually make an idiot out of ourselves because we know nothing about the job. Because we were just looking at the dollar. God's not looking at the dollar. No, I hate you, God. God said, just like you don't need to just look at the dollar and apply, God's not looking at your past. But he still qualified you. Amen? Amen. Listen. If you're here on today and if you've disqualified yourself from anything that you believe God has called you to, whether you believe God has called you to it or you know God has called you to it, you've been running. I'm not laying hands today. That's not what God has instructed me to do. 
But this year, we're also going to be encouraging one another in what it is that God has called us to do. So we're going to learn to encourage one another. But if you know God has called you to something, if you know he's setting you up for greater, but you keep disqualifying yourself, some accidentally, some of you purposefully, you know that this year you need to get your act together. Get to the altar right now. If that's you, come on. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Anybody else? Miss Adrian. You boy, thank please. Tia, are you up for prayer? Are you standing behind? You up for prayer? Then come on up to the line. Go ahead, just anoint their hands. Anoint their hands and anoint their hands, I hear the Lord say. Anoint their head and their hands. Anybody else need to be up here? Anybody know you need to be up here, but you fighting coming up here? Get up here anyway. Move over, let her in. Who else fighting need to be up here? Who's not fighting? You just said I ain't coming. Come on.
Because God's going to lay hands on you today. I don't know if folks going to fall out. I don't think they ain't got nothing to do with that. I just know what God is telling me right now. Those of you all who are in the seats, be praying for those that are up at the, the altar. Bring down the volume just a little bit, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we bless you even now. God, we thank you for your word on today, God. Thank you for it speaking to us. God, I thank you for those who have come to the altar realizing and understanding, God, that you're calling them out for a greater purpose. God, we don't know what it is. Only you know, God, they may not even have a clue of what it is. Some folks may have spoke some things on them and they can't see what it is that folks can see in them. God, I pray even now, God, for, to some degree, they can't see. <laughs> because that means that they have to completely and absolutely rely on you. God, I pray whatever it is that's keeping them, oh God, from being able to see you in everything in their lives. Whether it be good, bad, or ugly, God, they ought to be able to see you. And God, they ought to be able to trust you in it. God, I pray even at this time, God, that you would anoint their hands, God, that whatever it is they set their hand to do, God, that they would only set their hands to do things that are for the glory of you. God, that even when they come in contact with somebody and they touch their hand, they sense your presence. They sense your presence in their hand, God. Father, I pray, huh? I pray a transference even now into their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God said, I don't personally, me personally, Tish doesn't need to touch your hand because the anointing comes from above. If you trust him right now, God is touching your hand. Yeah. Because those are the hands he wants to use. Yeah. Glory. God touched their mind right now. Father, I pray that you would erase any doubt in their mind that they can be used by you. God, I pray even now, God, that whatever doubt, whatever it is that's causing them to not be able to see what it is that you're doing in their lives, God. Father, it might be erased now in the name of Jesus. Father, I bind every foul demonic force, oh God, that's causing them to think of things that's trying to crowd you out of their heart. God, that their heart might be open to you. God, that they might receive from you. Oh, come on on your side. God, I pray that you would heal their hearts right now. God, of the deep-seated hurts that told them that they would never open up their heart to allow anybody to hurt them like that anymore. And God, not knowingly, they closed their heart off to you. God, open up their heart to be able to receive. And then, God, I pray that they would hear your voice as to who they are to open their heart to. Because there are some that the enemy has assigned to drain your heart, I hear the Lord say. There's some folks in your lives that are not supposed to be in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. But they're draining you. They're not pouring into you. They're draining you. And God said as much as you are connected to them and as much you think it's going to hurt you and destroy you to let them go, God said let them go. Because the reason why you can't move forward, the reason why you can't move further, the reason why you're still, huh? The reason why you're still anchored to your past is because you're allowing somebody to put rips in your sails. So God, I pray even now. I pray even now for these that are at this, this front, God, that they would even encourage one another. Encourage one another to, 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 to follow the path in which you set for them, God. God, I pray that they would trust one another that when the road gets heavy, that they can call one and the other one will encourage. And even if the other one doesn't know what to say to them, God, that they would start praying together to bring you in the midst of that conversation. God, we're excited about what you're going to do. And Father, we stand at the ready. To hear the testimonies that will come forward. Father, we bless you and we give your name praise. This is Jesus' name that we pray. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise in this place. I need y'all to step up, uh, uh, pull up right now the pulpit. Y'all hug each other.